was a fella named Dan Armed with a mic and a record in his hand With his buddy James and we'd yarn for days About all the killer music heard across the land So they made a podcast of their own design And lo and behold, was a mission to find the good The bad And the LP Hello, welcome back You're listening to The Good, The Bad and The LP we were formerly a music podcast, we still kind of are, but uh, as of this very second, we are a survival podcast. <laughs> my name is Dan, and I am joined as always by my good co-host, we're co-pilots in this uh, this thing that we call yeah. The Good, The Bad, and The LP, James. How's it hello, going, man? Hello, hello, hello. I'm good. Um, yeah, we're co-pilots, but you're the, definitely at the wheel, I would say. I'm the... Uh, uh, I, I like to think of myself as the Han Solo, but I probably mm. look a little more like Chewbacca. <laughs> yeah, right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of, st- this is a very loose link to Star Wars, but Tali and I watched that movie Willow for the first time last night. It was <laughs> done by George Lucas. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. And we like only vaguely knew what it was. And uh, yeah, it was quite an interesting journey. Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer, exactly. Yeah. And I was saying to Tali, he's kind of got a bit of a Han Solo vibe going on. It? Yeah, mm. it's definitely, uh, I, I'm trying to think of all of the other fantasy adventures from that era. I mean, I think it was around the same time, like the Princess Bride kind of happened. Yeah, I, I just don't know if Americans can do that sort of like fantasy medieval vibe that well, <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of fascinating because it's never really realistic that's this, you know, movified mm. version of it. It's yeah, still definitely. very cool to say. Mm. It was filmed in New Zealand too, lots of it was, I was surprised. See, I did not know that. No, That's apparently a... long, a lot, around like Tongariro and stuff, there was lots of shots there. Wow. See, you listen to this podcast, you even might learn a thing or two. I know, we've gone immediately on a tangent into <laughs> And it's only been two <laughs> minutes. I'm actually going to crack open a beer. Um, I picked up this beer. It's called, Dan can see it, but you guys can't. It's called Weird Flicks. Oh, the, it looks Garage very Project. spacey. Yeah. Very psychedelic. Yeah. I'm thinking when this is all over, you're going to have to come down here regardless anyway, just to hang out, <laughs> even if there's no festivals on. We'll oh, to... man, as as soon as uh, domestic travel gets mm. opened up again, mm. on it, on that bus. This is actually not very nice at all. <laughs> I've, um, I didn't read it I've, properly. I've stick to the uh, the classics, i.e. Mm. what was the cheapest at the supermarket. I'm drinking a Stein like a Pure. There you go. Well, tell you what I'm drinking. This is not. It's grapefruit, cucumber, celery, and salt sour beer. So up until not. the sour beer, I was on board. Oh, mm. uh, no. <laughs> not good. I brought two with me, so this is the other one. But we'll talk about it later. Oh, wow. It's called I'm... the electric dry hop acid test. I'm excited. That so, thing looks like an absolute yeah. experience. It's also like a musical reference to like the, I think they did this thing in the 60s called the acid tests. I don't, I don't really know too much about it, but there was a whole bunch of experiments that the hippies did and it was called the electric acid test or something like that. <laughs> and it was all about like, what they, what it would do to their mind and stuff and experimented with like music and it was a whole bunch of stuff in San Francisco. I think I read something about it. Anyway, wow. side tangent. <laughs> so, um, all tangents aside, or probably on the forefront of our minds, what is the theme? What's the theme today? Um, I think we're going back to actually the things that people care about the most, which is the music side of things. <laughs> um, and I guess recent listens or... I was going to say recent vinyl purchases, but they're not really. I mean, 
I haven't really bought anything in a few weeks now, and I'm getting sort of like itchy fingers. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll tell you what we can call it because I have a pre-existing uh, little sting that I've made for it. Mm. Let's uh, let's dust off some digs of the week. Digs of the week. That's a good one. Although technically that's not true, currently you know in terms of real world time, but it's our dig of the week. <laughs> yeah, I mean in terms of you know what I'm digging it. Yeah, digging it this week. You see, in this world, there's two kinds of people, my friend. Those with loaded guns, and those who dig. You dig. Digs of the week. Yeah, so I think what we're going to do is sort of the first bit is going to be, I guess, the last sort of three or four things we've picked up recently. And then I suggested we do some random shelf pulls, um, and we'll just talk about them and hopefully listen to them together yeah if it might works, be a might be a, speaking might be a little bit of a and a theme that crops up here and there potentially mm. uh you know the theme of isolation um yeah i mean do you want to talk about your record listening situation yes so uh funnily enough that the podcast has been on hiatus for almost a year i basically have been without um a turntable for that long yeah so my my cartridge so the the turntable i have is uh it's a project debut cabin that i got years ago and the standard cartridge that came with that was um just a an audiphone uh om10 i think it is and um i basically you know that's that's what I was comfortable using. I didn't really care about upgrading because the spaces in which I have to listen, it's not exactly um, what you would call mm. sound pr- uh, yeah. sound treated, yeah. I should say. Mm. So it's just basically a small cube. Yeah. In the times in which I had a larger room, uh, still the it was high ceilings, just yeah. very reverberant. So it, yeah. again, more like a waste of time to you know really mm. invest in a, a better setup. But because of the fact that my my cartridge is basically, you know, it had hmm. gone past its use and best use by date, I I was without uh, because I just didn't kind of have the funds and hmm. I kind of just got used to, you know, being busy with work and I got into a new routine, which was listening to music on Spotify, basically, yeah. on these platforms. But recently, as in the, the past three or so weeks, I finally managed to get a hold of an Audiphone um, Blue, is it? 2M Blue. Yeah, cool. W- which I managed to not screw up installing. I thought I yeah. did. Yeah. Um, the um, One of the connectors on the, the tone, um, it's a bit of a dodgy cable, so right. when I um, tried to spin something like, um, the other night, it was Doshin. just... Uh, one speaker was basically um, not working and there's a, you know, a bit of a hum there. I was like, oh, yeah. man. I've, yeah. I've ruined this because it's a bit of an ordeal trying to get the pins off in the first place. But oh, yeah, um, it Scary. turns out it was just a, a weird um, cable that you just mm. jiggle it in the right way, and it's um it's all good. Yeah. So I gave that a good listen um, the past couple of nights, and man, just the, the smallest little you know upgrade, and mm. it's made all of the difference in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounded good just from the video he sent me, and that was done through like a recording on a phone, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking to the guy who was very helpful um, at the Hi-Fi store, yeah. and he was he was saying that out of all of the cartridges, that's the most popular one that he sells, yeah, yeah. because it's sense. basically the 
the best upgrade at that price level mm. for the difference in quality that you get. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I did. I for people that know these, I a couple of years I just went for a few years of having the black, which is like the top version of that. But I actually think now it probably was a bit overkill for what my system was at the time. You know, yeah. so but that's just what you learn. And now I've switched because you haven't have been down now. My system sounds completely different. Because I have that, I have like the, the new arm. I've got like a Japanese cartridge on it. So everything just sounds really like neutral and flowing and a little, little bit nicer. And yeah, it just sounds very different. It's really strange. Man, I am i can't imagine what it sounds yeah. like. Because and, it sounded really a, great like before. <laughs> got a new, uh, I got an, I basically got a new amplifier, like the same model, but an updated version. And I think I got a different phono stage as well. I can't remember. Because so that's also weird. Yeah, that's where the, mm. the the jump really happens as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because it's like the thing that gets the data out of the groove and processes it and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. All right. But actually, it... on a on a other note, weird thing happened to me today. There's a guy here in Wellington that like makes his own speakers, like custom made them, and he sells them for like sort of ten grand or something. Like way on way to my limit. Like I'm not not going to do it. But he sent me a message saying he's been following me on the internet and he would love to give me, yeah, as people do, he would love for me to like demo or borrow borrow someone if I could sort of like review one of them or something after the lockdown. That'd be really cool. So I don't know if that will happen or not, but that'd be really nice if I could do that. So I think it's assumed that I would be taking photos all stylized and doing reviews and stuff, but I'm happy to do that. Yeah. No, I, cool. think, I think your discerning ear would be a, a good fit for that. Hmm. Yeah, so anyway, so that's cool because I remember we, Dan and I caught up for the Tool concert a few months ago and we went to a couple of record stores, but I think the best one of the lot was Southbound Records. Yes, um, I would concur. I think um, for all three of us actually because it was me, you and uh, Ben and we all got some good scores, but you got some really good scores. Yeah, very excited. You, yeah. Um, do you want to start? Like, Do you want to go with what yeah. you picked? Yeah, and... Mm. Um, and again, not again. This is this is new information to you. You might be able to give more information than me because uh, this is p- perhaps uh, your field of expertise with um, one of oh, them, the which was uh, a James recommendation. Yeah. Um, as as happens sometimes uh, when I'm catching up with James and we go, you know, to record stores and we're flipping through the crates, mm. uh, he'll say, "Dan," <laughs> just passes me a record. Uh, so no, no pressure. You don't have to buy it, but mm. uh, I, I kind of j- just buy it, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And nine times out of ten, he's always right. And mm. there's actually another record that um, I'll talk about not long after that is you know case in point of that. But um, this record um, is "Out to Lunch" by Eric Dolphy. Yeah, uh, yes, amazing. And I see. As as somebody who is not the biggest jazz aficionado, or you know, doesn't really know about the players, I only know, you know, just the yeah, the the, the base level of classics and mm. all that kind of stuff. But I really enjoyed it. You might be able to speak to more of uh, yeah, why it's, it's a, important. It's just a, that it was like I mean the name in itself, out to lunch, which is obviously. I think in the 60s was more of a term for someone that's a little bit crazy or a bit strange. Like they say, if you're out to lunch, you're not quite there. Um, 
and I think it was definitely, I mean, it, you know the album cover is a very classic like blue note design, but this is where things start to get really strange and people start to experiment a little bit more and like, I think there's some really strange, like isn't there like a bass clarinet and uh, vibraphones and stuff and like other instruments start coming to play a lot and they, it really starts to start to play a lot more with space. Like that first track is just starts off with that weird bass line, boom, 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 and then ding of a vibraphone, like, or whatever it is. It's just yeah. the strangest way to open a record. I think the track's called Hat and Beard or something, the first track, which is like a tribute to Thelonious Monk, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, it's a, it's a very, it's a very, I, the first time I heard it, I went in too hard too early and I didn't like it at all. And it put me off jazz for a while and I was like, <laughs> I don't, don't, don't get this. So yeah, mm. my first impression was, uh, with that first side, mm. it, when you hear the the vibraphone, and to me it just sounded very, uh, you know, the Hugh Hefner Playboy era, <laughs> yeah. you know, the of the the, the gentleman's <laughs> club, very um, do you reckon? Yeah, that's si- a good point. Six, very very sixties, um, you know, smoking jacket yeah. kind of deal. Yeah. Just the, just the sound alone. Mm, I was like, mm. okay, this is pretty loungy. This is pretty like cool cat hip, yeah. daddy type of thing. And then it just yeah. Over the course of that first side, and when it especially goes into the second side, I'm like, okay, yeah. this is like weird shit. <laughs> like, yeah, it's really in weird a good, in a good way. It's, yeah, it's uh, it. It was almost like um, saying it reveal its true form in the guise of something palatable mm. initially, and like, okay, yeah. I know what this is, and then it Definitely. slowly reveals itself to be like, okay, I was completely wrong. I don't know what this is yeah. at all. <laughs> I completely agree. It's like in a way, and it's, it's like. In a way, it's kind of like for your, it's like head music. And in terms of like, it's kind of just like Coltrane is like swinging and grooving and powerful. And he's got like riffs going on and the band's like, you know, powering through where this is like, there's no like propulsive drumming or everything's just in small little bits and bats. Like it's definitely like a more of a head listen. I don't know how to describe it better than that. Um, Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's not necessarily feeling in terms of like the power of the music, but it's definitely just really strange and yeah 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 certainly it's experimental and mm. trying to use theory more than feel like you say i guess do, do you have it like physically like the record with you i'm just lifting it up so i, do, I just want to say if it does it say the name of the people on the back the play oh, i does on the front there bobby um, Hutchison. yeah it's on the front yeah freddie freddie hubbard on the trumpet um rob Bobby Hutchison um, yeah. on the vibes, Rich mm. David Bass, Anthony something, something or rather. Tony um, Williams, yeah. So yeah, Anthony, Tony Williams yeah. went on to be massive, like a really big. He ended up being a drummer with Miles Davis, um, stuff like that. So yeah. Damn. It's a really, really weird, interesting lineup. I don't think yeah. those guys ever played together in that formation since. I'm pretty sure. So uh, a shooting star of music. Yeah, definitely. But there's lots so, of Eric Dolphy is a lot of really good stuff. Yeah. Um, so that was um, that's one of my uh, my reasons I have to tip of the mm. hat to, to you for recommending that to me and very very glad I bought it just as a side note it was a very good price like for what for what it is like I haven't looked at Discogs I'm not sure the exact pressing but just because you never see them uh, it was a really really good price uh, this is I, I think a, an 80s um, yeah repressing yeah still still that uh, yeah um the the gentleman at Southbound he informed me that I think it was another staff member who um, bought mm. it in to to trade and yeah. he said that it was only because he got uh, a better pressing of it. Ah uh, right yeah 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 Fair uh, uh, yeah incredible. incredible.
incredible price for the mm. the quality. It sounds, I'm really, sounds mint. I'm glad you dig it because it's like I thought it was a tough listen for me, and like I don't play it very often, but when I do, I'm like, ah, oh, this is good. Yeah, I um, I guess all of those years of listening to weird, random, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, experimental noise shit's finally paying off yeah it, it is like it's not that far away like in terms of textures like it's a, a lot about textures and space and weird yeah weird things i actually use that album a lot to test my system because there's a lot of like where things are placed you know on the stage oh that's that's what i um was also gonna say the the imaging mm. in terms of um the spatiality it's a really clean recording yeah oh, totally. every, every, yeah. everything is uh, very v- uh, vivid in terms of um, the mind's yeah. eye where you can see things yeah it's, yeah it's laid out exactly as you'd kind of imagine seeing them mm. Mm. In, a, in a small room yeah or a big room or a studio sure. wherever you want to yeah all right i'll go next um what 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 did you get james well I what don't, treats to be honest, like the, the i've pulled out three and i'm still getting to grips with them completely so um We'll go with this one, which is a local release, and it's got terrible artwork. Like I'm really not a fan of it. <laughs> Can you see? It's uh, it's almost like a, um, um, it looks like a shirt that you would get um, early '90s. Um, yeah. Bad tie dye. Yeah, it's or it's like someone's just learned how to use like Photoshop or something mixed with tie dye. <laughs> I don't know what's going it's, on. It's 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 certainly interesting. I'll, yeah, I'll but put it, it, I'll put it like that. The, the name of the band is like has a really cool name. It's called Cleopath Ensemble, which just sounds very spiritual and meaningful, which is like quite a big contrast to the artwork itself. Yeah, it was not clear at all. <laughs> no, so it's um, it's a guy called Corey Champion who's like a Wellington drummer. Like you you would have seen him play when you've been down here for the jazz festivals and a whole bunch of uh, New Zealand jazz guys. Um, but some of those, you know how we go to those live album renditions? It's like three of those guys play on this too. Oh, um, cool. But they're doing like, um, it's like a, it's like a spiritual jazz mixed with like bits of hip hop, mixed with electronic. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, a little bit funky, a little bit spacey. Yeah, it's really, really cool. It's that sounds like a really cool description. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, on Bandcamp. Oh, it's on nice. Bandcamp, yeah. Um, so I managed to find it. I managed to pick it up from him locally before the lockdown. So he actually came over and dropped it off, which is really cool. Oh, that's so, yeah, really it's, it's fortuitous. It's called Clear, Clear Path Ensemble. Um, we'll have to leave a link. But yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, there's like dubby bits and synthesizers and bass and piano and yeah. Oh, nice. It's cool. It's really cool. Okay, sticking with the jazz vibe. Uh, listeners of previous episodes may have uh, recalled there was a, an incident in which James... <laughs> James suggested, again, come, going back to the James suggestions, he uh, suggested I really strongly consider purchasing this particular record that I'm holding right now. Um, I didn't listen. Uh, when I changed my mind after listening to it in his car and we went back to find it, it had already be gone. That was in the space of like a couple of minutes, it would seem. Yeah. Um, Got to be in it to win it in uh, this game. But I finally managed to, to get it, and I... Th- think it's all because of you again i think you might have actually given me the heads up on the uh, yeah. real groovy stock list yeah um, possibly. yeah uh the john coltrane quartet africa brass yeah, finally have a great it. record it's so awesome. it's fantastic it's awesome yeah i i am a huge fan of this album mm. i think this is a like a pretty decent copy of it too like what in, color is the label 
green. I think it's like uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a reissue, but those um, ones are still good though. Yeah, it's yes, yeah, some stereo pressing. Is it's, it yeah, US really, as far as you can tell? Like it's like yeah, a, it's US. Yeah, awesome. yeah. that's yeah. cool. Um, yeah, I had to do some digging on Discogs to find the right yeah. version, mm. but yeah, I really enjoyed listening to it properly. Yeah. I, I I spun. I think it was one of the first records that I spun using this new setup. And yeah, it, nice. It definitely. Mm. It, it, it's again. It, everything's just different when you listen to it. You know, mm. on a turntable and you're mm. sitting down with it. It's a lot different than hearing it yeah. through headphones or you yeah. know, even if you have good speakers and you're just playing mm. it through mm. like a CD version or something. It's just. It's not the same. It's not the same. No, it's. I mean, that album, that opening track as well. The way it just builds up and has that really. Um, I don't know. They were just the way. I'm trying to remember how it goes, but I saw no it in my head. It just has that really amazing introduction. Yeah, it's very atmospheric, and hmm. the the title I think is. I'm, I'm really loving listening to albums where the title doesn't seem like an afterthought. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, yeah. It, it actually helps inform your listening experience quite a lot mm, totally. with just that Africa brass. Yeah. Then you listen to it and it makes more sense. Mm. And it kind of elevates it because you're almost looking for the... Yeah, the concept. The yeah. signposts. You're looking totally. for the the signifiers of why it could be called that. Yeah, so I, I agree. I, the, the, ju- the journey of it, I, I really mm. like the... Um, the progression of that you know mm. that track that those uh i don't know if yours is a gatefold but the gatefolds on the inside are always super cool on those like yeah yeah, uh, records. yeah yeah that is a gatefold yeah if you read the insides are always worth they're always that's the cool thing about jazz is they always give you a big insight into the record as well i wish mm. that <laughs> more genres would actually yeah. do that because mm. as somebody who is kind of obsessed with how things are recorded yeah. I would I would love to know. It's yeah, it's a kind lot. of a weird concept when you think about it, like having someone write a review of it for an album that's about to come out or to tell you about it, you know, like a promo thing. Just yeah. It's, on the back of the record. Yeah, I guess that's why I think of jazz as like quite a historical kind of thing because mm. it's history in real time because yeah, all yeah. of those old records, mm. all of the, all of the um, blurbs on the side of them, you're like, yeah. wow, it's... They're writing mm. about this the time it was released, if not before it was released, yeah. and they're already mm. speaking in these grandiose kind of terms and yeah, kind yeah. of it's, call, it's, it's, calling yeah. it. Some of the early Coltrane ones, when you're reading, you're like, hmm, this guy's going to, they don't really, you know, they know he's good, but they, he's going to go on, you know, further. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's a great yeah. record. I think it's that's got that's just got his first classic quartet, the one you've got there. So I think it will be Elvin Jones, Jimmy Garrison, McCoy Tyner, and is that, John Coltrane. Um, is that not long after he um, stopped playing with um, Miles Davis, or? Uh, yeah, uh, mid, I think. I'm pretty sure it's mid. Um, but that that band there that he's with is like his known as his called his classic quartet, which is the one he stuck through with "A Love Supreme" and stuff like that. And oh, then yeah. he sort of, as he started getting more and more out there and spiritual, they all dropped off, um, pretty much because they couldn't keep up, or he, they didn't really fit the style that he wanted to go with. But for like the good chunk of his famous albums they were his players nice yeah yeah so very happy i have that mm. so anything uh, yeah, with I those g- guys on it that you should get basically yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the, that's the guidance yeah. it's like they're yeah. all good you know <laughs> so there's my so redemption cool. story there you go all right um what's up next another one i think you know this but i don't know if you do know this or not 
Uh, it's the Saints. I'm stranded. Or you might be worried. I've, I don't know. I've, I've seen that cover. Mm. I don't know the album though. So this is like ground zero for uh, Australian garage rock and punk rock, basically. Oh, dude, yeah, that's so Henry yeah, Rollins is like a yeah. massive fan of this. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I guess it's probably not far off. What it, you know, Iggy and Stooges sort of sound, but they were sort of doing it literally at the same time. Like this was like 1977, so it's not as if this was done years later. You know, they were doing it at the same yeah. time. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. Um, so there's some really amazing guitar work on here and stuff, and lots of riffs and heavy songs and catchy songs. And um, I said before when I made a video that it sounds like it sounds like other songs that you think you've heard before, but they're all done by these guys. Like they all just sound like so well done and so catchy. But yeah, really cool. Nice. So this is their first record, and I've been wanting a copy for ages, and it's only been available on the Four Men with Beards repress, which I've been avoiding. So. When I was in Melbourne, oh. I found a proper Australian pressing of it. Oh, nice. That's, um, yeah. yeah, that's the more you talk about it, I think at, it's probably like a 2 a.m. Wikipedia rabbit hole, yeah. I think. <laughs> I, I kind yeah. of um, got through um, to that point because, yeah, I, I listened to a bunch of it back then and I was mm. kind of like surprised at how, <laughs> yeah. like, it's, it's weird seeing these pockets in other parts of the world like mm, almost yeah. like telepathically they were on the same wavelength and just yeah. inadvertently happened to you know strike the same nerve yeah. and play the same totally. type of thing yeah without that really knowing interesting yeah so this this kicked off a lot of stuff um yeah that's cool. cool that's that's actually a a pretty uh pretty yeah. restrained australian album cover if you think of yeah <laughs> i mean look at look at these dudes on the back as well they're very yeah, I mean, it doesn't really have any, like, the, the punk graphics and stuff. Like, it's very, like, uh, yeah, they're all... They're yeah, like it's... wearing a suit jacket, you know? Looks like Kevin yeah. Shields a bit from My Bloody Valentine. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> um, very blue-collar instead of... Uh... Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some um, tracks on here that are sort of, like, definitely more catchy and um, indie rock than, like, you know, punk stuff, but... Yeah, I don't know. Another band that I got into, like, in the past year or so that I sort of written off was The Damned. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yo. And I'm like, Yo. oh, that first record, I was like, man, these guys are good. Yeah. But that's not even that far off, you know. Yeah. So yeah was, that... It kind of is, but yeah. I was, I don't know why. I always thought they were like a post-punk industrial act. But like <laughs> the first records were really just like rock and roll, you know. Yeah. That, um, as a graphic designer, um, you might be able to talk yeah. about that, that typography. It's, yeah, it's you so see so solid. many bands mm. use the same mm. type of thing. I think even Unsane very similar yeah. with the block letter at the top yeah. of the the album yeah it's so cool that's what yeah. like, kind of got me on it so that so that was one where my friend he said to me he was like you should just buy this record like i've got a mate here called his name's 10 and he does it to he's the one that says to me just buy this record and sometimes he's not right sometimes he's really right and that was one where he's like just get this and i was like no nah, no nah. he's like just get it it's a good price i'm like All right. <laughs> that was the damned so that was a good one yeah but yeah it's good to have yeah, that um, person yeah, um, Baby Driver. Mm, um, the soundtrack. Ed, Edgar Wright, yeah, soundtrack. When that song, I think it's um, near the beginning of the film. It's mm. not the opening song because that's um, friggin' um, uh, what's, what's what is the, the uh, um, I don't know why my brain is not working right now. The, uh, the John Spencer Blues Explosion. Yeah, is that the yeah. First I, track? I yeah. always want to say that. Um, 
Oh yeah, Nate, Brian Nate, Nate Jonestown Massacre yeah. when I... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, um... Hmm. Yeah, that... Um, when the dam kicks in, after that whole intro hmm. sequence kicks in, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. I have not seen the movie, but I know the soundtrack. Oh, dude. Because I sometimes listen to it. Yeah, oh, dude, yeah. I've, um... I keep getting confused. I don't have it, um, on vinyl. Hmm. But I have listened to it a lot because, um... It's really good. There you go. Cool. So, do you want to go back to you? Yeah. Um, this again was a James. Hey, man. Uh, the descriptor you gave me was somewhere. Do you remember how you described? Um, I can't. I can't see it. Oh, do you, do God, you remember how yeah. you described this to me? I don't. It was like uh, desert neo, uh, desert noir or something, but not really. Yeah. 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 He's, he he said the words desert noir, and I was just like, I don't. I don't care. I'm buying it. I'm, the, keen, the, I'm keen to know what you think of this now. Actually, I'm the, really the, the, the price. The price was totally worth just yeah. putting putting down. Yep, sure, I'll just get it. Hmm. It is you're. Uh, I better get it right. You're not from around here, um, yeah. and this is from the Numero Numero mm. group. Again, another one of their fantastic um, little compilations. Um, now, I'm just going to quickly use um, the notes on the release from their website. Um, the previously unissued soundtrack to the 1964 noir, You're Not From Around Here, discovered after 55 years in the Louis Wayne Moody archive, a hobo's bindle full of twangy tremolo, reverb-drenched revenge, and existential echo. Songs of alienation, paranoia, dark alleys, betrayal, prison, prostitution, trains, gunplay, feminine betrayal, and the dusty, lonely road of self-discovery. Now that's a hell... Of that's, a a Dan, that's a Dan record if you ask me it's a Dan <laughs> record if anyone would ever ever yeah. suspect what I would like that's all of the things in one mm. night that neatly um, tied bow package I, I'm not even saying it right because it's in a Dan package it's in a film canister the yeah, um, yeah. the actual record itself comes in a an old film canister um, mm. so, so the reissue came out last year right I'm pretty sure or I think like yeah. yeah 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 um, pretty pretty recent um when when i listened to it i interestingly enough i just thought of twin peaks did you like oh, there you go yeah. like like proto twin peaks there's mm. um just in terms of the feel of it it's yeah. got that um that kind of 60s like mainstream orchestral pop sensibility mm. but mm. it's got these encroaching like italian western like yeah, just these Fender guitars that it just sound gnarly and uh, reverbed out, like very surfy. Mm. But it definitely it adds to this uh, just desert vibe that is even yeah. the the little poster that comes with it's got um you know this kind of wounded cow like man in black on the front um, mm. that he's you know standing in the desert kind of thing. It's fantastic. Um, yeah, so I'm glad you like it. I can't really say enough good things about it. Yeah. Um, just the story alone that it was just like, mm. you know, lost lost to time. Yeah. And for yeah. whatever reason, they managed to bring it out. Mm. And it very, I don't want to use the word kitsch because that's doing a, a disservice, but it appeals to that sensibility of, oh, yeah, this totally. is from a bygone era that's somehow different enough to still be very modern because, mm. you know, mm. a lot of, um, like, I up the Twin Peaks thing because you know David Lynch they you know I can never remember the composer he collaborated with uh, um, Angelo Badamante yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, you know the way they updated um, 
or not even necessarily yeah. updated, but by having it in a the you know, modern context when they did yeah. Twin Peaks, the you know the fifties um, kind mm. of nostalgic white picket fence type yeah um, vibe. Yeah, mm. then this is you know to me it's very much mm. in keeping with that. But if ju- I can just imagine you know a noir with that soundtrack, yeah, makes complete sense to me. Yeah, yeah that, that that label New Mercury do a really good job at like making stories out of music, or like they they know how to market a thing, or they can sell an experience. Or like we were saying about album titles, they know how to like they know how to make a good compilation, or even like compile a scene or a sound, or they know how to like make you feel like you've bought into part of a cultural experience or a time period or a, a scene. Yeah, or, you know, absolutely. Which is, which is uh, what I would love to do if I had a record label. Would be the same idea of like. You would need a lot of resources to do it, but yeah, to be able to compile something into like an idea or, you know. Yeah, I, I love the narrative aspect of it and mm. they're kind of, you know, they just kill it every time, every single thing I've heard from mm. them. And it's really mm. great because you too, listener, can get a, get a taste of what this actually sounds like. Um, mm. They've actually got the record on Spotify and also, and this is true of some of the other compilations that they've done they've got an, uh, a playlist that expands yeah. upon the the actual album and includes a whole bunch of other um, you know very similar um, sounding um, songs from the same mm. genre basically mm. um, and it's great um, you can look for that on um, Spotify we might try and put a link on the, our Facebook page um, if you want to go and check that out can I just do your recommendation I don't know if slight tangent but the same label put out a compilation called i may have played it to you wayfaring strangers cosmic american music so it's like it's called cosmic american music but it's it's similar but it's more country it's basically cosmic country music i suppose did i play it to you i don't know uh you you not only you not only played it to me you um again you you said dan buy it did you buy it and i did yeah, oh, okay, we, it good. was when we were um, flying out. That's right. That was quite. A while and it was ago, uh, hey? the the, yeah. the copy was um, supposedly one of them was warped. Yeah, and it that's plays right. fine. Yeah, and you like it or? I love it. Good. Okay. Good. Yeah. I was a bit worried I, about I, that one. I was like, oh, that one's that can be borderline. I, again, um, that that one, it's it evokes the. <laughs> for, for somebody who didn't grow up in America, who mm. loves the iconography of the, mm. you know, talking about being isolated and quarantined yeah. the the loner figure in mm. um mm. in totally. desolate wastelands you know what yeah. i mean yeah, so definitely. that that lonely um americana country vibe mm. very much um you know yeah. even if it's kind of outlaw country it's still speaking mm. to the same part of me that and mm. you know i i don't know what that environment is to live in i don't yeah. know what it is but that's when i when i think of it that's mm. what i hear i hear that music totally I wonder if people think that when they hear New Zealand flying on 80s bands, like they can hear like the whole repetitive jangliness and the, the echoes and the, I don't know if that has that same resonance. I, I think that's, I mean? yeah, I think that's part of, um, part of the appeal really, because mm. it, it, it is very much like you don't really know what New Zealand is, but you, from what little idea you have of like the South mm. Island and, you know, the rocky type of desolate cold <laughs> um, yeah, yeah and you hear that you hear the jangle and the shimmering like mm. glistening clean tones and mm. it evokes something like what you would totally. imagine it to sound like at, in that landscape mm. totally that's exactly what it is yeah yeah it's interesting hey it's like funny yeah. how it could, depending on where you live in the world 
you can sort of imagine what you imagine somewhere else to be like. But yeah. Yeah. I, th- I thought you bought it, but I, I remember me telling you about it, but I couldn't remember if you actually bought it or not. So, so, so go on. Yeah, that was actually one of the last records I bought before um, I moved mm. out of my old flat. There you go. I gave yeah, it one it, listen. <laughs> mm. I get to move. I, I, that, the last year was me to try and discover a lot of that sort of stuff, like that sort of country Americana thing. Well, was a big, and I, like a couple of my mates down here, like my mate Ben, who you've met, and my other mate Ted, they were just not on board with it at all, or they didn't seem to really like. I was getting excited about stuff. I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, the Flying Breeder Brothers. Yeah, these guys are awesome." And they were like, "Nah, not, not going for it." So. <laughs> yeah, it it really does seem that country is, I think, one of the more polarizing genres, just mm. in general, mm. where people either love it or they hate it there's very little middle ground like yeah. i always think about my mum and she's just like i i hate country i'm sorry i just hate yeah. it <laughs> i think it's quite easy to do a misstep though and like you can some stuff i've bought that's just been too like hoedowny country and like i've yeah. tried to like sell it to myself and i'm like no i can't i can't get into this yeah it's weird because in speaking or just hearing myself talk right now it is that you know as soon as I start saying the sweeping generalization of country as a whole yeah. genre, yeah, yeah, I I, I'm I'm very on board with a lot of it, but mm. the super mm. clean, um, yeah, like I don't the, know. the Guy Clark type stuff, which is is kind of country, but you know, like the old number one record is like, yeah, it's it's not really, I don't really know what you would call it, but you know, yeah, I I would say. Um, Tra- traditional country there's a lot yeah. of cool stuff but mm. there's um i guess the modern mainstream stuff mm. i always get confused i i hope i'm getting it right when i say nashville like the nashville yeah. sound i yeah. think that's the i think that's the clean one maybe like the super yeah, yeah, polished yeah. Like, like if you listen to harvest by neil young, neil young that's meant to be more like national sound which is like super clean and super dry like and it was recorded in this barn and like when the drum hits, it just sounds like so dry. Like it just sounds like it's thirsty. Like I don't know how to describe it. Just yeah. <laughs> on the track, yeah. uh, out on the weekend, listen to that just from a production point of view. Cool, um, cool. It's just it. super dry. I don't know how to describe it. Like it sounds yeah. weird. Like on my system, it just sounds weird. I don't know how to, yeah. Yeah. It sounds this is dusty. Actually, like, yeah. Yeah. This is actually a, a good point to tell the listeners about a little new thing that we've got available on this new uh, podcast uh, host that we're using if we're wrong if you have any questions if you have any thoughts um you can actually leave a, a voice message for us um to mm. actually potentially be put in the podcast if you go to anchor.fm slash good bad then what you can do is there's a little um a button that says message if you click message you can actually record an audio message for us so if you have any questions, if you have any thoughts, um, if you want to know um, our views on something, if you want to correct us on something like, I, I could be completely wrong about everything I've just said about country music. I'd love to, you know, yeah. I'd love to, I'd love you to correct me. I'm sure, you know, James would love the, the same thing. <laughs> I would love for someone just to like really rip us in half and send a message and, and like we'll just have to play and react to us, to us being like torn apart. Yeah, but we'll, um, we'll... We'll talk a little more about um, all of that exciting stuff uh, near the end of the episode. Hmm. All right. Do you have your last one? I've got one more, yeah. But I can't. I don't really know what to say about it. Um, I might have to play some of it. So it's called... What a cover. M- movements by Johnny <laughs> Harris. Yeah, what a fantastic <laughs> cover. <laughs> I mean, if you could all just pause this podcast, yeah. uh, you can multitask. If you just go into Google, yeah. type in Johnny Harris... Um, is it what's it called movements 
movements and yeah. look at that cover. Yeah, it's sort of it's like something a else. Seizure, I suppose. Yeah. So oh, okay, man. so based on this cover, what would you say this sounds like? Just purely based on cover and. Uh. <laughs> I I actually have yeah no idea no idea yeah uh, it's like um <laughs> I don't know how to describe it it's a very like <laughs> it's an album that's all about production style so it's kind of got like bits of. It's like orchestral arrangements and sort of like funky library groovy sounds and they, they just sort of do some covers of stuff that are actually pretty good. Like normally I would avoid it if it's got a cover of Light My Fire and Paint It Black, but they're actually pretty good. Um so if I can try and play some to you if you want, but um Can 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 you quickly play that Light My Fire one? I shouldn't have told you because it's like the worst example of the thing. Belay that order. We're all good. Are you sure you don't want to hear it? Oh, sure. Well, we're we're here. (laughs) Okay, we're going to play now. Nice bass sound. That's a great bass sound. Huh. Hmm. It's pretty cool, hey? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's interesting. So, yeah, I don't know. Is it or- orchestral sort of arrangements? Yeah. That's funky. Can I... I'm going to play one more track just while we're here. Um. Play it, Sam. Oh, God. we got a real flute vibe going on in this video. <laughs> Yeah, I see what you mean. Um, <laughs> Probably not the okay. best track to start on. Okay. So this is uh, from a soundtrack that he did. So this sounds like Tool. This bass to me. Yeah, it's definitely got that um, kind of was it Axelrod? Yeah, sort of. Yeah, I guess. Kind of vibe? I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. It's um, almost like... um. I kind of get like... Um, Black exploitation vibes. Yeah, If you know what of, I mean? Yeah, Like definitely. with the, the, the kind of the flutes mm. and the, the kind of the, just the laid back groove of it. That's cool. Hang on, I'll play one more because this is where they do the f- the flute gets a bit overloaded. <laughs> this one here. This is almost too much flute for me. <laughs> oh damn. Funk air. Hell yeah. This kind of reminds me of um, uh, was it Schifrin? Um, yeah, yeah. I can never yeah. get his name right. Um, from uh, Way of the Dragon, like Bruce Lee or something like that. Definitely, yeah. So I, I don't really have anything like this in my collection, so it's quite a different one for me, I suppose. Oh, that's, I, I would be stoked mm. to have something like this. Mm. Um, I think the closest thing to like this kind of thing I would have would be the um, 
that um, Bay Bay and Sean Lee yeah, um, yeah. Into yeah. the Wind, which yeah. was um, in that uh, video game Sleeping Dogs. Mm. Mm. You know, this that kind of Axel Rod thing mixed with, um, you know, Chinese or the... Yeah, but that this was has cool, got man. The, that to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This has got the car chase vibes in uh, Detroit or something. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's cool. So that was that. So I think that have you got one more? Or are we done? No, that that's it. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a uh, digs, man. Did did you buy the raincoats in the end? I can't remember. Remember how we talked? You almost, no, I didn't. No, you didn't. Okay. No, on if it's still there. No, <laughs> <laughs> that was um. When I say nine nine times out of ten, that was the, oh, no. that was number one. I, I, yeah, I, I think I would need to give that one some time before yeah, making a judgment whether to buy it or not. Yeah, I like it, but I haven't got my head around it. Like if you said to me, "Oh, I don't know every song," like I get, I know the feeling of it, um, and I know there's definitely more to it. I just need to really get my head in it. Yeah, but yeah, it's a good it's a good record, I think. <laughs> anyway, so is that the end of, I guess, the first part? And it's only taken us like an hour or something <laughs> to do that. So I'm going to open my electric dry hop acid test beer. Oh, hello. Just go. on a side note, I uh, I feel like this um, this lockdown is making me an alcoholic. Is it? I, hasn't re- my, I haven't been my... drinking more, I don't think. I have. have you? I usually don't drink. I don't drink during the week. Hmm. I think this week I've averaged like four beers a night. That's a lot. Yeah, this explains why you're buying the cheap beers. <laughs> <laughs> cheers, man. Yeah, cheers. There we go. We'll have one soon in real life, hopefully. Yes, virtually we'll have to do. It's, it's amazing what you appreciate when you don't have it. You know. Oh, totally. Just the small things that you take for granted. Mm. Like just the ability to. You know, see somebody in person and yeah. have a have a mm. cold one. Mm. I don't know. Hopefully, it'll be mate, another month. Mate, yeah, I know. You've been following <laughs> Brown, Brown Cardigan still. Oh, man, on Instagram it's the best shit in the world. So good. If if you want well, if you want to see peak <laughs> yeah. Australian culture, look for an account on Instagram called Brown Cardigan. It is yeah the most entertaining thing mm. in the world. I love it. When we caught up at Fatal, and we had a few beers, and I was doing the Australian, what was it? What was the thing? And we were both trying oh. to do it. Oh, the... <laughs> yeah, I, I can't do it now. Yeah. You've got to get the... I can't do it. Only after a few beers, you have to really like bring it up from inside. I'll tell you what, I'm going to use that audio clip and insert it now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's like I was trying to ex- we we're trying to explain this Instagram account to Ben, but it's so hard unless you like you follow it for a long time or you're willing to like understand the I, culture I, I behind think, the account. Yeah, yeah. I think it's easier if you're a New Zealander um, mm. coming from outside of Australia. Like Australians, they they'll get it because it's yeah. you know mm. it's it just seems like it's peak Australian mm. culture. You know, like. Mm. Definitely. Um, you know, when I when I say Australian culture, just like you know, bogan type of yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but oh, I, I love it because there's the overlap where you see that stuff and you're like, oh, that type of thing could happen here. Yeah, like, definitely, we've we've got people like that. Yeah, <laughs> but this is like at people at like Bondi Beach, like they're in like public spaces, you know, doing stuff. <laughs> oh, it's just there's so many characters. I love yeah. it. 
all I want to do is for you to come down and have beers and I'll fuck I'll say it to my heart's content out loud in public. Oh dude, I will, no I will yell it from the rooftops. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, that's funny. I'll uh, I'll happily put my phone on loud and play it during a jazz gig. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I will happily just yell it out in yeah. the chest kick. I don't even care about... Like, yo, it's me. Yeah, it's I'm me. saying it. Deal with it. Yeah. It'll be interesting when things get back to normal, like, in terms of, like, what people will be doing out in public. And they're like, well... Oh, man. It's like excuses for behaving, you know? Like, it becomes that level of, like, well, I can do whatever I want because I've been out, been locked up for so long. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hopefully, we're, we're civilized enough to... I don't know, man. I think there will be some cases of reckless behavior. Uh, yeah, you know, larrikins. Larrikins. Larrikins, <laughs> mate. Yeah. <laughs> Bloody larrikin. <laughs> but that's, it's also, that's like a positive phrase, I think. I don't know. It's like a good thing. I, I love the vernacular. Like, mm. uh, I was reading somewhere that it's like, of course, like, leave it to Australia to come up with the most Australian slang ever for, um, you know, coronavirus lockdown, yeah. calling it ISO. <laughs> yeah, I know. ISO, mate. Oh, mate. ISO, yeah. mate. <laughs> I know. Definitely. <laughs> Love it. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, shall we move into part two? Part two. So, we... I, I don't know about you, but I've picked three records from the collection that I haven't heard in ages. And I listened to them a little bit today and refreshed my memory and pull, pull them out. I'm intrigued. I, um, I initially did that. Hmm. And then I... When I remember seeing the um, your message saying, "Oh, we could pull three random one, or maybe like you know isolation records," mm-hmm. so I can basically do both. Okay, cool. In a roundabout way, I think I maybe subconsciously picked ones that I thought you would like, sort of. I'm intrigued, but you may know them. All right, do you want me to go first? Let's see it, James. I think you, I think you may know this. I think you, I don't know if you do or you don't. Oh, dude, yo, yeah, yeah. so awesome record. Um, James is holding love. Yeah, Forever Changes is the album. And just because of the whole, like, Calexico cover, uh, Alone Again, or, but this is the original version of it. Do you know the album, or, like, do you know... I, I know the album. It's yeah. Amazing God, record. it's good. <laughs> yeah, it's just a really sort of, like... So this is, an, this is a case where I tie in the sort of Tex-Mex sound into it, even though it's not obviously there, just because the Calexico mm. cover, and they were from L.A., and they have some elements of mariachi subtly in it. And, and some tracks kind of sound like a little bit cinematic to me. I kind of impressed that on the album a bit more than it probably is, that is present in the recording. But yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, uh, but I think it's awesome. It, it's it's awesome record. And mm. going back to album titles informing the experience, album yeah. covers informing the experience, mm. that album cover is so iconic. Yeah. So I was also lucky enough to find, I went to, out to a guy's house Oh man, that's another story I haven't told you about. <laughs> oh man, I, I went out to a, a guy's house. Like maybe I did tell you about it. And he is this guy that decided he wanted to collect every New Zealand record ever. Did I tell you about this? No. And like no. And he just he thinks he can do it, but it's impossible. But my mate thought it was <laughs> hilarious to like start making up band names and asking me if he's got them, like just to piss him off. <laughs> but he like he had like rooms of rooms of records and like a lot of it he didn't really know like he knows what he has because he looked at discogs but music value or rarity he doesn't really understand so like he he pulls out records and looks straight on discogs which is kind of disappointing but like i remember seeing uh, like all this uk jazz stuff from the 60s that i would never see in my life again like and 
I opened up a wardrobe in his son's room and there was like, yeah, three UK jazz records that are like, you know, thousands of dollars. Like, and I know that I'll never get them from him because I know that he just looks on Discogs. So it's kind of frustrating that they're just sitting there, he doesn't really care about them. And that, that's what will happen. Which is a yeah, shame. Yeah, that's but a shame. Yeah. I did, I did manage to do a deal with him and I got like the Stooges self-titled with I Want to Be a Dog oh, is this a, oh, is this the um, Stooges trade yeah, guy? Yeah, so I got the like, deal got, guy, got yeah. for $90, which is a very good price. Um, nice. any, anyway, so what was I saying? So I managed to get uh, three other love records from him, like all sort of like either 80s or earlier pressings. So now I think I've got the first four. And like you can wow. really you can really hear the transition from like 60s garage rock and how they sort of added layers into it and they got to this sort of like more of a psychedelic hippie space through the transition. So it's, it's kind of interesting to hear them all in a row. Yeah, do you reckon that's um you can almost hear the technology and therefore yeah. the production yeah, like style changing as mm. the band mm. you know goes through those eras mm. Mm. definitely like I don't really know much about 60s psych and stuff like that but that's you know these are one of those bands that I've sort of like caught on to and I'm like okay whatever's going on here I'm, I quite enjoy it so that was a cool one nice that's yeah, a really so that's good choice pick. anyway so if you see that it's the what the pressing to get if you ever see it it's still pretty cheap and still available. It's, it's like the rhino pressing and it's done from the original masters and it sounds amazing. And I wouldn't be surprised if it sounds better than any original copy. Nice. Yeah. I'll, um, no, I, it's, you know, when you go into a record store and you mentally mm. at the back of your head, like I've, I try and write it down now more so, mm. but I always just have like a mental list of things to always just look for. Yeah. Yeah. And, there are always things that I mean to kind of like add to that mental list yeah, yeah, that definitely. kind of like it seemed to like fall out just you know mm. but <laughs> I think the, that's one of them yeah I have stuff that's on my list and I see it and I don't buy it because I don't feel like buying it at the same time like it's mm. funny how your mood can play into it too oh totally so I don't know yeah it's just one of those really good records and it, again that took me a long time to get into like I knew there was a Klexio cover but I wasn't into it until like a couple of years ago and I was like okay it's cool yeah but yeah Nice. My first pick. Do you want to go next? Yo. Yeah. Um, so I was I was initially when James was like, oh, maybe we just grab three random ones from the collection. And I I started to do that. But uh, one of the ones that um, I kind of, I thought about, it kind of, because I was trying to encapsulate, you know, almost like what, what it feels like to be in lockdown or, you know, mm. the isolation of it all. Mm. And I was, I just happened to stumble upon Spiderland by Slint. And oh, nice. Yeah. I, I, th I think I've talked about, um, talked about it before, but mm. in terms of the actual story of them making that album and how they really wrote know. it. Right. So um, there's a documentary called Breadcrumb Trail. Trail. Mm. Uh, it's if you can look for it online um it's really really interesting because you've got this band of they're essentially teenagers and their mu like their music belies the fact that they're just almost like really silly and yeah. <laughs> just like mm. kids like playing pranks on each other yeah. but that that album in particular um i'm pretty sure they wrote most of it in like um, one of their just houses like right. you know just in the mm. garage just mm. they kind of lived in a small town from what I gather yeah. not a lot to kind of do or see mm. um, they you know as most you know bands mm. do they find other people to play music and mm. um, lo and behold they you know they shut themselves off in this kind of room yeah. write this incredible desolate kind of mm. weird 
music and I always feel a sense of loneliness when I yeah, <laughs> listen to that album. It's a very cold album, isn't it? Like it's a very you know cold and yeah. sparse and yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that the vocalist, um, he almost just like the emotional strain of recording mm. Mm. <laughs> of that mm. um, very, very intimately. And you can hear the vulnerability. It's incredibly vulnerable. Yeah. I because I remember when you told me about it mm. and you're like, oh, the spoken word thing, and you know, you may or may not like it. Mm. There's something that seems very almost cringe. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, when, I know. You, when you listen to yeah. it, like, it's it almost like you shouldn't be listening to it. You're yeah. almost like walking in on somebody, mm. like, oh, God, I, should, I shouldn't be seeing this or yeah. witnessing this. Yeah. But it is mm. incredibly vulnerable, and that's kind of why I love it. Mm. It's, there's no pretense. No, I mean, it's, it, it's hard in your sleeve kind of stuff. Yeah. It, that spoken word piece isn't like a story written to you it's not like dear listeners it's like it just starts like someone's talking like it doesn't have that it does sound like you walked into it because it's like I've forgotten the opening line but it's not like a welcome to the song like it doesn't have that sort of yeah I discovered that album from of all places this book called a thousand and one albums to listen to before you die <laughs> book and it's got it's got a lot of like commercial stuff in it but that was in there and that the cover grabbed me first before I knew what Slint was yeah mm. I mean it's fantastic cover mm. the opening lyric I stepped out onto the midway I was looking for a pirate ship yeah there you go like it's it's just this weird mm. very um, it's very matter of fact in a way mm. just describing something that's happening mm. you know like mm. he's he's going through this experience of going on like a to a fairground with mm. this um, you know with this girl he's with and yeah. just the there's something about it mm. but I, I thought that was um, just interesting in mm. terms of the way it makes me feel and also the fact that um, they kind of you know they wrote it in isolation in terms yeah. of being isolated from their own um, music community as well mm. like mm. they weren't really part of from my um, do you know where they were from, from the like, documentary I roughly um, I don't know I want to say the, the Midwest yeah um, somewhere but yeah I'm not quite Sure. Documentary has it all. It's, um, I think it's Lance Bangs. Right. Oh, cool. Um, so is, yeah, is yeah. he the son of uh, Lester or something? Um, I actually never looked into oh, that. I know. Just based on the surname. Oh, Louisville, Kentucky. There you go. Oh yeah. Um, wow. That's quite. I, I just know. Yeah. From Jackass mm. fame. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the cover looks like it's taken from like a like a rural town. Like you know the boys from high school swimming in the pool. Like it has that real like. Yeah, feelings. I think it's. I think it's a quarry. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's a great album. That's one. Yeah, that's, that's one of those um, albums that I never listen to, but I know it so well. Like I don't. Not because I don't. Yeah. But when I put it on, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, mm. I'm um, I'm a big fan of that album, and the, the way it makes me feel. I have never listened to Tweez, which is the one before. I think. I I have. That's interesting because, Steve Albini recorded that mm. and. He's gone on record as saying that it's not you know, verbatim or whatever. Mm. He's like envious of the fact that the album he produced for them it doesn't doesn't reflect the band as well as the other mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. successive um, release. Wow, there you go. That'll be a weird feeling. Yeah, I I, I mean it's it's all right. Mm. I've I like it, but it's not the same as Spiderland. No. Spiderland like invites you into a world. Yeah. It's always hard. It would be so hard to be able to yeah listen to a different album and 
you want more if you get if it sounds the same you like it sounds like more of the same but if it's different it's too different like you know how do you have that balance yeah yeah mm. yeah totally but it's it's interesting from a production standpoint how just simple and dry everything mm. is it's there's mm. no very little um effects processing it's just I, I even think they really um did too much in the name of um you know standard mixing like you know compression eq like i think Mm. it's very minimally mixed Mm. which is great sounds you know raw and intimate and it sounds very american to me for some reason but i don't really know why it does like i don't know something about it that there's it sounds like it sounds american and And college kind of yeah adolescent yeah yeah, yeah, like that college culture i don't know yeah yeah totally Mm. but that's uh that's my first pick there you go all right back to me um I sort of ended up with the theme because this was my, my link. Okay, this is, it's really hard to see, but the band is called Question Mark and the Mysterians. Wow. Which is an awesome name what for a- an album. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the link with this is, um, I think they're, what, I think they were like sort of, not Mexican, but they were sort of like, uh, what's it called? Like LA, LA Mexican, what's that thing called? Like... <laughs> They've got a lot of heritage, um, Mexican heritage, but they were all from LA. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like, like Latin America transplants or, or something. Or... Yeah, but they're doing like sort of 60s psych music. But they're all, um, they, they, you know, they, I think the lead singer's name is... Oh, it doesn't say here. They've, they've all got sort of like uh, Latin American or Mexican sort of names. Um, but this is like really catchy sort of, yeah, I guess 60s pop cool kind of bits of soul in it if you check out the track called 96 tears you may even know it um i'm actually going to see if i can play it i have heard this yeah i think it's been covered a million times i just really like that really playful yeah it's like garage rock that wasn't recorded in the garage like using different instruments I'll just, this is Stormy Monday. Oh, that chord. It's cool, hey? I, I, just hearing the, um, that kind of like organ in the background, Mm. and just like this chord progression reminds me of Messy Star, just like electrified a little bit. Yeah. But it's just that, that kind of like, that blues that's not the blues if you mm. know what I mean mm. oh that's nice really nice that's a really cool progression I, I love hearing songs like this where it's on the surface they're doing something very ordinary mm. you, you hear the progression you're like I know what this is going mm. and there's just that slight little curveball where it's Definitely. They just invert the formula just a little bit. We're like, oh, this is fresh. This is nice. So the the thing with this is, I also got this from the guy that has all those amazing records where I got the love records from, and it was really cheap, but it's, it's fucked. Like someone's used it with like a really dodgy group, like a dodgy needle. I know because when I yeah. play 96 Tears, the main track, it's like the most fucked one. So that's the one that's been played over and over. So oh, like yeah. this was like ten dollars, and this is one where my mate Ten said to me, "Just buy this." Like I don't know what it was, never heard of it. It's like just buy that, and you know, I, end up, I really really like it. I think it's amazing, but to get mm. like a proper copy is going to be like sixty, seventy dollars, you know? 
Ah. So it's like, fuck. So I don't know what to do. That's annoying. So I'm like, do I just live with a copy that's kind of like really scratched up and noisy and it's got like all these clicks through it? Or I don't know. Or I could buy a reissue, but I'm not sure. Which is a shame. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. That's, I've, I've had the same thing before where I have bought the original, I think it's some, um, I got like an original pressing, um, like first pressing of like Johnny Cash, um, mm. live at San Quentin. And it's just, it's so thrashed. Yeah. It's like, it's unlistenable really. Mm. But just to have like, just to say, yeah, I've got like an original pressing, like it's yeah. cool to have that, but yeah. to listen to like, you yeah. know, just kind of get the reassure or whatever, or just a cheap other copy yeah. or version that's not as, mm. you know. I, I looked historic. Di- I looked on Discogs and there's like 34 copies for sale and they're all like fair or good plus. Like you know, it's like when you start getting getting for better quality, it starts getting stupid. So yeah, I'm not it's sure. It's a it's a seller's market. <laughs> I know. I'm hoping I'll just find it again. I've never seen it before because I didn't know what it was. But hopefully, I'm just hoping. Maybe I'll just. I'm not desperately. I don't desperately need it, so I'm just gonna see. Yeah. You know. Well, you know. Yeah. You throw that idea into the universe and. Yeah. Might be smiling down upon you. You never know. But yeah, really cool. I just love the band name as well, Question Mark and the Mysterians. It just has that really cool um, yeah. vibe to it. Like, it's just a yeah. really great name. He decides to call themselves Question Mark, you know. And it's the, the Mysterians. Mm. <laughs> like, Mysterians, Because yeah. I thought, oh, Mysterions, but no, mm. Mysterians, mm. like librarians. <laughs> That's cool. So I'm glad I picked it up. Um, like, it was worth it was worth $10 just to hear those tracks and, like, to be introduced to it, you know, in itself, like the price of yeah. entry. The price of entry is ten dollars. It was worth it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, mm. I'm definitely going to be listening to that because mm. I really like those tracks. Yeah, they sounded awesome. Yeah, super cool. Just very, very, um, just good listening. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what that is on. either. It's not really psych, but it's kind of like soul mixed with pop, mixed with cool guitars. Like it's not psychedelic. Yeah. You, know, you know. Yeah, it's good. Just good. I don't know what it is. Tis but. good. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. Nice. All right, on to you. Oh, right. Um, again, looking through the record collection and thinking, hmm, I wonder how I can like spin this into like an isolation kind of thing. Um, I actually don't have this record, but the record that I saw that sparked this um, this line of thinking is Jeff Buckley Grace. Mm. So yeah. I, ha- I have Jeff Buckley Grace, but I suddenly had the thought when he was recording for what would later be you know, posthumously, mm. um, sketches for My Sweetheart the Drunk. When he was recording for My Sweetheart the Drunk, uh, he his initial recording session, I believe, like, he went through, like, two rounds of, like, trying to record the damn thing, and he wasn't, like, satisfied with, like, either of them. Mm. So he went and, um, like, rented this house. Like, I can't remember where it was. Like, it's almost like, you know, country-esque area. Mm. No, I think that's uh, this the same house where he, um, you know, was living when he um, passed away when mm. he went swimming. Yeah. But he basically rented this house and he did all of these demos and they were saying that he was using the house like he was making music from the house, basically right. trying to find spaces to like, you know, that would amplify certain frequencies yeah, yeah, and yeah. like using the stairwell and all this kind of stuff. But on that um, sketches for my sweetheart, the drunk. Um, album this is this a cover he does of um back in nyc by yeah. genesis oh wow and in the documentary i saw of um buckley it's a bbc documentary um from back in the day mm. where like um brad pitt's like part of it saying how much he like 
okay. likes it and all this kind of shit, mm. which is really trippy to watch. But the song came on, and because I thought I was pretty familiar with Jeff Buckley's stuff, but the song came on because I hadn't heard that um, yeah the album before, like the, the extras and all that kind of shit. I, I heard the song, like, what the hell is this? This sounds like the most insanely, like... Is it available? Lo- like lo- to listen to anyway? I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna actually load it up for you to hear. Um, you can like, you can find it on Spotify and stuff. Um, it's one of my favorite covers of anybody um, ever. Wow. <laughs> uh, he basically is using like a Tascam, like four-track Porter Studio kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and making loops. So he's making percussion loops with like his guitar, his um, yeah a bass and all this kind of stuff and it sounds so lo-fi and gnarly mm. and it's so rough and not polished but there's a certain energy in it that um, especially towards the end he just goes for it and it's um, that's cool oh man it's very faithful like to a lot of the song but it's so different mm. Someone's just like plugged a microphone into the goddamn like Porter Studio yeah. and like done it to a cassette tape, you know? Hmm. I love how is that a guitar? What is that weird sound? Is that like a guitar? It's really distorted. It's all guitar. Yeah. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Wow. Like using his amp and the room and like he maybe had some like I don't even know, he might have had some like just rudimentary effects pedals or whatever. Mm. The loop pedal or but it's like cool. the orchestration like is really well orchestrated mm. so the parts he's doing so it's like Peter Gabriel era yeah. Genesis you well, can hear uh, it, I think though. the album's yeah I think The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway is the album that mm. it's from but yeah like it basically goes on um, after give it give it a full listen mm. when it gets to the end it's like one of my favourite um uh, I guess you call it crescendos. Like right. it just ex- it explodes. It it really like left a lasting impression on my tiny impressionable young mind when I <laughs> saw that documentary at the tender age of like sixteen or seventeen. Like yeah. I heard that thing come on. I'm like I need to know what the song is. I found I found it out. And it's uh, one of my fave covers. It's cool. So yeah, I really like this. I like it too. Glad you like it. Have you heard, and I, I'm not going to say I know it really well, but he had there was that release a few years ago and it's called like Live at Sign or something, S-I-N-E. Live at Sinead. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, yeah there's yeah. some really interesting covers of like, he does like, I think Bob Dylan songs and he also does Va- a couple of Van Morrison songs that are quite interesting to mm. hear. And I remember... Yeah, uh, it's in- yeah so, some quite interesting stuff on that. And he was doing similar things with like um, looping and stuff. Mm. Yeah, it's crazy to hear... This is before, like, they re- he recorded Grace or anything. This was the thing that basically got him the record deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, mm. Yeah, Oh, yeah, lots of, like, Rick execs hearing about this guy playing these live shows that apparently were, like, amazing. Mm. They all, you know, it became, like, a hot spot for people to come down. Mm. And um, you hear, like, um, proto versions of uh, a lot of stuff on Grace on there. Um, yeah, definitely. I'm pretty sure Mojo Pin was on there. Yeah. I, I and, remember hearing um, that really well. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's crazy to hear him banter as well. He was right mm. for for like a sensitive soul that um, you know it's pretty obvious mm. that he was you know incredibly kind of sensitive. Mm. He he could banter. Yeah right. <laughs> he did he did did this thing where he would um talk about listening to like um Led Zeppelin 
um, like four or something um, on the turntable and increasing the RPM speed and he literally would just play his guitar and like like pitch his voice up higher and like do an imitation of what it sounded like wow that's cool it's really it's really funny yeah I should listen to it again I remember listening to it when the reissue came out and I was like oh this is kind of cool but I was like it's four LPs I'm never going to listen to it blah 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 but, yeah you know it'd be cool Anyway, all right, um, it's back to me, isn't it? This is my final one. On to one. the next. Uh, I switched it up a bit and I picked this out, but I think I may have talked to you about this before, possibly. Oh, yo, you have talked about uh, this, I? but okay. I, I, would, I would like to hear some more. It's basically one member of Yellow Magic Orchestra making an imaginary soundtrack to like a, a sort of oriental... Oh, oh, what's the thing fell out? Oriental, like Oriental electronic album sort of thing. So it's got yeah. lots of. What's the actual? What What's the title of the like group? Um, it's just he is called Harumi Hasono, and it's it's all in Japanese. But his name is Harumi, so H A R U O M I, and then Hasono H O S O N O, and it's called yeah, Koshin Moon. But yeah, uh, super cool. Like it's sort of sounds really warm and tropical and also really strange and electronic and with bits of like oriental and middle eastern effects put into it but this was like a light in the attic reissue from a few years ago see the cover wow super that cool. gatefold looks really cool yeah super super cool a uh, really good record because looking at that cover you wouldn't necessarily think oh some japanese guy <laughs> like no definitely you so know yeah, making that kind of music i'm pretty sure they most like Ryuichi Sakamoto plays on here as well. Yeah, he's on here as well. Oh, nice. So uh, yeah, it's it's basically Yellow Magic Orchestra, but under a different name, I think. But yeah, super cool. I really like yeah, it. It's really cool. good. Yeah, it's I haven't played it in ages, so definitely want to check out. But yeah, um, I don't know what to say about it really. Just a really, really interesting. It's it's very electronic and very strange. Um, there's like weird electronic. They try to replicate the sound of like hot mosquitoes and on and on a beach, but using electronic sound effects and stuff. So and this that, would have been, you know early synthesizer days. I'm like pre- I'm pretty sure it was like, like trying yeah. to mid seventies, I think possibly. Yeah, but yeah, that was a good one. Just thought I would do something different. It's good just to play it for myself and re-listen to it again. Yeah, yeah. No, that's um, that's a that's a cool looking. I like the cover. I love the cover. That's what and got if, me initially. If, if I Again, if you like the cover, good chance mm. you bet on it, you're probably going to win more times than not. I'm trying to think of a good cover with a music that I don't like at all. Actually, that's a, a future podcast episode that mm. you don't know we're going to record. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to think about it, though. It's hard. Like yeah, an album no, cover I'd I'll... like that with music I don't like at all. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll give each other ample time to, mm. to do it. If you have any suggestions, let us know. Yeah. Head to anchor.fm slash goodbadalpicast. Hit the leave message option and uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll maybe include it in the episode. Who knows? I can imagine someone who's listening to this late at night really drunk being like, hell yeah, I'm going to leave them like a whole thing. <laughs> Freebird! Yeah, yeah, we'll play. We'll play. Slayer! We I think we have to like give them the guarantee that we'll play whatever you record and we will react to it. Hey, man. We're a podcast of the people. Maybe in fact, if we get if we get audio recordings, we have to listen to them live. Like there's no vetting before. Like you'll have to. <laughs> yeah. And we can make that like a, a segment of the show at the beginning. Um, I was going to say I, I've officially stopped making videos now for a while. Like I'm on a break. 
which is good. He's on the break. He's taking yeah, a holiday. I've announced it. How's it feel? To my Does good. It feel good. I got lots of nice comments from people saying you deserve it. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's good. I was um, I've been keeping up with the um, the five minute yeah um, mm. five for five. I was I was enjoying those. They were cool. Yeah, it's a cool little good way of doing it. Mm. I was going to say, do you have any requests? But then I realized I'm not making videos anymore. So it just <laughs> doesn't make a difference. You, you can you can piss off your entire mm. video listenership by just making one for me. <laughs> yeah, should do. I don't know. I'll just address you directly and no one else. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Anyway, uh, have you got any more? Or are we done? Um, I do, but I basically have a round roulette. Um, mm. There's a three. There's a tie for what I could talk about. I might leave it to you. And I'll, I'll, I'll say the artist's names, and okay. you can choose. Yeah, do it. Um, okay, Mark Hollis, mm-hmm. Iron and Wine, Ooh. and the soundtrack for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, I want to go with Iron and Wine because I only know one album really well that I enjoy. Oh, I want to know if it's the same one. Okay, good. I'm actually kind of glad you chose that. Um, what are, like in general? What are your thoughts on him? Um. When I'm in a mood, I like it because I discovered him through the Clexico stuff. But then there's one yeah. album. I don't know if you're going to show it. Is when I only know this one other album that I really like. Yeah, I don't know if I can show it to you because it's um, in me room. Hmm. <laughs> Are you familiar with? There's one I think that you might say, but I I don't know how we want to play it. Do Do I want to try and guess what you're thinking of? Uh, does it involve a animal? Yes. Oh, good. That's yeah, the one that's, that the one I, I that's, like. the, that's the one that that's the one that I think. That's not the one I was going to talk about, but that's the one that I think. Yeah. You. Yeah, that's what I like. like. Yeah. I, I I really like it too, mm. but that's not the one I was going to talk about just okay. because um I was thinking of the isolation theme. Yeah. Um, I was going to talk about the first one, the creek drank the cradle. I don't. Know. Is that got a green cover or am I just? Nah, man. It's um. If you quickly do a Google search. Yeah, I'm just doing it now. What a great title. Oh, it's really great. I've never title. heard this, but I know I've seen the cover before. 2002. There you go. Okay, I'm gonna um, quickly cool. try and um, play you some. Yeah. Because similarly, going on from the Jeff Buckley conversation about mm. what he did um, recording it, um, let me just quickly load this up. This is the part of the podcast where we end up just playing each other tracks for like three hours, and then we realize it's too long. Because <laughs> now I'm immediately thinking of something I want to play you. That's the power of editing. Yeah. This is really nice. It's this is it's actually got a really interesting story on this this album. Um, but what are you kind of what's your initial take of it? I like it. I like it. I like the intimate. Like it sounds like it's recorded really close up. Yeah. So basically, uh, what's the guy's name? His He's got a beard. Name. I don't know. <laughs> Sam Beam. Is it? I think. Mm. Yeah. So basically, what um, what he did was, he recorded this intending them to be demos. He was going to pass it on to the Clexico dudes, right? Who apparently were going to like potentially do the rhythm or whatever, right? Um, but the, they just released the demos, kind of like you know how mm. um Dave Grohl was yeah. gonna like just record the demos and the, mm. there was label like no we're releasing this as is it's fine um but it's you know it's very it's like lo-fi for like four track kind of vibe yeah, similar to the definitely. jeff buckley thing that i um was just talking about mm. i really like it it just sounds like a you know just a guy yeah 
in a room recording on a you know mm. whatever he he has available and I, I think a lot of people out there right now you know being forced to stay at home you know a lot of people are doing this kind of thing and I think it's amazing I, I could almost see this being a Clexico song but I'm not sure if it would work as well it's Clexico but removed of all of the border town kind of like yeah, yeah, yeah. Mexico yeah, type of um, elements mm. it, this is more folky to me mm. the album title the creek drank the cradle yeah, is totally cool. evocative of just like sitting on a river bed mm. yeah i'm a fan i like this mm. album but um the one that you were talking about or the one that you were thinking yeah. about the shepherd's yeah. dog that album's yeah. great it's really good i rented it out from the library and i was really impressed by it yeah um, mm. so the first uh, the first iron and wine album i got was the creek drank the cradle but yeah second one i got was the shepherd's dog purely mm. because of the album cover yeah right love that album cover I, I remember like when we were in high school and like the whole indie rock thing was really big and they were just one of those bands that i sort of overlooked in like the rush of all that sort of stuff mm. um i was going to play you another song that could sort of work as an ending and it sort of reminded, it. reminded me the song is called farewell transmission which is kind of like a good title to end the thing on and it's sort of ties into the idea we're talking about like rural america and stuff like that so there's this band you might know them they're called songs ohio o-h-a-i yeah, man. are you a fan yeah i always i always see the um the albums and like real groovy like mm. it's just like there's always a copy it would say yeah um and I, I discovered them really late but they were around the same time as sort of iron and wine but uh i really yeah there's a song called farewell transmission and that was sort of it ties into that sort of Americana sound, but he's done it with a, more of a high production value. And like, it was one of, my, one of my most played songs on Spotify two years ago. Like it came in on my you know, end of year list. Oh, wow. Yeah. And That's awesome. And it's not like an immediately amazing song, but it just gets under your skin and it's super catchy. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's sort of loosely an Americana type thing, I guess you would call it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought no, that would I'm, be a good um, way to end it. Yeah. We'll leave the the fine people to ponder mm. their existences so, collectively, because yeah. it, it seems we're all in this uh, quandary together of uh, being stuck by ourselves, but also being together. We're finding new ways to to converse and mm. you know keeping the the social contract intact. That's right. So we're going to end with farewell transmission from by Songs Ohio, which is from the album. I think it's called the Magnolia Electric Company could be wrong about that but that's okay cool <laughs> if you want to get a hold of us if you want to find out where where to listen to us i mean you're listening right now so you probably already know but if you want to tell other people where to listen uh we're available on a lot of the good platforms we're on spotify um i think we're still on itunes music even though they tell us that we're not um and we'll probably be on a, a few more um before you know it if you want to find uh, our podcast webpage to submit your messages, questions, thoughts, you may be included in the future podcast. Head to anchor.fm slash goodbadalbicast, click the message button, leave an audio comment, and uh, we'll, 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 we'll listen to it. That's for damn sure. <laughs> you can also just flick us a message directly if you want on any well we're both on instagram we also have an instagram account uh shared instagram account is uh instagram the handle is good bad lp cast yeah yep similarly on 
Facebook is also Good Bad LPCast. That's where you can find posts, episode descriptions, any mm. links that we talk about. We might chuck stuff up on there. That'll be the best place to find all of the links that you know to things that we're talking about. But yeah, here we go. Roll, roll the song. Roll the song. Okay. Uh, ah, sorry, I fucked it up. Ha 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 ha.